Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Jennifer McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. I have had um, this on my heart for a long time to just kind of share about prayer and share about what prayer has done in my life. And um, prayer is something that we know is real. Um, Right now, in fact, all over the whole world, people are praying. Um, Prayer is a language that is ancient. It's a modern language. It's a pervasive language. It is everywhere. It is, in fact, if you've never even been to church before, if you're here today and today's your very first time to ever walk into a church, you've probably heard about prayer before. And if you haven't heard praying to God, you've seen people talk about, I'm just going to seek a higher powers answer on that. And so prayer is, it's not something that is um, foreign. It's a part of who we are. You know, I had the privilege to go to the Western Wall in Jerusalem where the Jewish people go and actually pray three times daily. And The first time I went, I was able to put a prayer in the wall for a miracle to have a child. And then two years later, when I came back, I actually had that miracle child growing in me. And so prayer is, it's pervasive. It's everywhere. In the Bible, it's mentioned 650 times. There's 650 prayers actually recorded in the Bible and 450 recorded answers to prayer in the Bible. And in fact, we'll all probably encounter people in our lives at one time or another that would accept prayer from you. They might not ever come and sit in church with you. They might not ever sit down and do a Bible study with you. But if you were asked, asked them to pray, they would accept that from you. But yet many of us, know we should and know that it's something that would be good for us but but we ask questions like does it matter and even if I pray this will anything happen or would it have already happened even if I didn't pray or what happens if I pray and it's not answered and I heard someone say this recently that prayer is um, it's kind of like we've put it Instead of being something that we do, like eating and breathing and living and just every part of our life, we've put it up on a wall and it's in a glass box that says break in case of emergency. And so we've relegated it to crises. Or maybe if this this is an easier way for you to think about it, you know, we've, it's kind of like eating healthy. We know we should. I know I should eat that grilled chicken and that salad, but it's a lot easier to eat that pizza because all I have to do is put it in the microwave and heat it up. And so it's like, we know it's good for us. We know we should, but we still don't. And we live in this gap. But I wanna talk to you a little bit about what prayer can do for our lives. And and I just wanna be a church that prayer is pervasive, that it's in everything we do. And that when we're in the hallways, we just stop and pray for each other. And that we wake up and it's it's in our breathing and it's in our living and it's in our going, but that we just pray, that we're a praying people because when we pray, things change and it is real and it is powerful and effective. In Philippians 4, 4 through 7, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we see this really beautiful promise in Philippians that says that if you would just come to me, you can trade your anxiety. You can trade your worry, you can can trade your stress, and you can trade all of these things. If you just come to me in prayer, you can trade that, and in return, I'll give you some peace. But again, many of us live in this gap, this gap of the mystery of what is prayer, and what if I I don't do it right, and how do I know it's going to work? And then this wonder of knowing that we should, because it's good, and, and we see it in the Bible, but we live in this gap, and I think there's a few reasons why we live in this gap. Thank you, Bria, if you'll stay close to me. I might call you back in a second. Um, I think there's a really obvious one. It's that we're busy, right? We're all social, we work a lot, and there was this thing called the iPhone that was invented. And so we scroll and 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 we scroll. And And instead of trading our anxiety, we get back on social media because we're like, maybe if I get a little hit from that, that'll make me feel good. And if I get a little bit of hit from that, I'll feel better. And and so we just, and we text another person instead of going to God. (laughs) And I am guilty of this too. Okay, we all are. I make choices every day. It's choices. We make a choice to scroll instead of stopping and praying. In fact, I really, just this this week, um, I got rid of Instagram and Facebook off of my homepage. Now it's still there so I can engage with people in the church. But I have to like literally go and search for it. It's not just there where it always was in that one spot that's like that dopamine hit. But, but we make these choices. We're busy. And instead of in the moment when I need him being quiet and being still, I busy myself. And that's a really obvious one. I think there's some deeper reasons why we don't pray too. I think that some of us are afraid of doing it wrong. That maybe you have heard people pray these really eloquent, powerful prayers with these beautiful words. And, and they go on and on in this long speech and soliloquy. And you're like, well, I don't even know those words. And so if I don't know those words, then I can't pray because it definitely is not going to work if it doesn't sound like that. And I had someone actually this week send me a voice memo that said that they felt like the Lord wanted them to pray for me. But they started it off saying, I'm not good at prayer. But it was one of the most beautiful, intentional, right where I needed it, prayer. And so maybe you're afraid of doing it wrong. Maybe you're afraid of doing it wrong because you're angry. And you're afraid that if you go to prayer, you'll say something that you shouldn't say to God. Let me just tell you something. I don't know if any of you have ever read Psalms. So if you haven't, you should get your Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, let us know. We'll get one for you to read the book of Psalms. David is, um, he's, he's interesting. And he goes on some tirades sometimes. Honestly, he says some things that I'm like, that's against the character of God. Like, that's not, that's not who God is. He just goes on and on and on. And in one breath, and then in the next breath, he's singing his praises. In Psalm 69, three through four, he says, I'm worn out calling for help. My throat is parched, my eyes fail looking for my God, those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs of my head. Man, that is bad. But then two 
chapters later in Psalm 71, 22 through 23, he says, I will praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, my God. I will sing praise to you, holy one of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you, I whom you have delivered. And I think these are in there to let us know that we don't have to be perfect. That we see this king who did some really bad things and, 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 and honestly, it was the man after God's heart. And it shows us that we don't have to be these perfect Christians that come with all the right answers and all the right things to say. But what God wants is an honest relationship with us. He wants us to want to spend time with him. I think another reason is that we have the fear of silence. And we have become so addicted to noise. I don't know if like you get in your car and immediately you turn something on, podcast, song, whatever. It's because we're, we are a little afraid of silence. And we're afraid that if we get still and quiet, that it'll bring up some things that we don't want to deal with and we don't want to think about. And so in reality, prayer has just become this thing that we've relegated to a shelf and we know we should and we know it's good, and we know that it's just going to do good things, but we just don't. And I think, like, hear me in this. This is not some judgmental religious checkbox. Like, if you don't do it, God's going to strike you dead. I don't see anywhere where it's like you must pray this every single day to go to heaven. But I think that God wants us to. I think he wants us to enjoy our time with him, that we would yearn and thirst, like TJ talked about last week, that we would thirst for him because we're called to pray. When God designed us, he built it into our very DNA. And if we are Christ-like, if we are to be Christ-like and we are in the image of God and Jesus prayed, then all the more we should pray. And if we want to live a life, does anybody want to live a life of peace in here? Yeah. What about you want to live a life that like, you know, just chains are broken and your family's protected and does anybody want that? Yeah. So prayer, it's just, it's a necessary part and it's not necessary as an, uh, but I have to pray. 21 days of prayer is coming up and the church wants me to pray. So I better get up early and go to prayer. Blah, blah, blah. No, it's like, I'm so desperate to be in the presence of God. I'm so desperate to talk to him. I want my time with him. There was this song when I was growing up that was like, I miss my time with him. And I remember being like, that's such a weird song because like he's always there. I'm like, I don't have to miss him. But the reality is I do. And I miss those times sometimes when I'm busy and I'm overwhelmed that I'm just silent. And I want us to be thirsty for his presence. You see, we see in the Bible that Jesus prayed, right? And the disciples had most likely, those that were Jews, had been praying their whole lives, had been praying out of the Torah, had been praying things. But I think they saw something different in Jesus as he prayed to his father. In Luke 11, they ask, teach us to pray. And that's where we see the Lord's prayer. And I think what's really, really cool about it is that Jesus is asked this question and what does he do? He answers it by doing it. They're like, teach us to pray. And he's like, okay, our father who art in heaven, 
And so I have been thinking about this message for weeks and I have been praying and I have been, I've listened to probably 35 sermons on prayer and I have been asking God, like, just give me something really deep. I need like this deep theological revelation on what prayer is. And I felt like this week, God literally smacked me on the forehead and was like, hey, um, just do it. Like, Prayer is you just doing it and you're going to grow in it and you're going to grow in knowing how to do it and you're going to grow in thirst for it and you're going to grow in enjoyment by doing it. (laughs) And so, you know, we do these 21 days of prayer two times a year at the church, not because it's like another thing that we want to do. Everybody's busy, right? Okay. So we don't just like make up programs because, oh, this is fun. And let's make everybody get up in the morning and come and pray. But it's to try to build something inside of us that we would build this, um, this endurance to want to do it. And so if we were to look at the Lord's Prayer as a template, that's what I want to look through today, that we would use it not as this, um, we have to pray it exactly like it is there, but that it would be a template to help us grow in knowledge and understanding and in enjoyment and passion and fervor of prayer. So Matthew 6, 9 through 13, this is the Lord's Prayer. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And I think the first thing that we can get from the Lord's prayer is that we would connect with God relationally. That we would come to him and instead of, like I said earlier, you've probably heard those people that have done these really eloquent and we're like, maybe we come and we're like, okay, I'm just here to pray. But that we would say, oh, Father, so glad to talk to you again today. That we would just connect with him relationally as who he is. And and I know even as I say the word father, that brings up conflict and hurt in people's lives because you didn't have an earthly father who was good. What's beautiful is God can redeem that in your life too. But what Jesus is just saying here is he likes it when we connect with him. That he likes it when we're like, Father, I'm, I'm glad to be with you today. And if we want prayers that are effective, and I think we all do, if you pray, do you want it to be effective? Yeah, I think it starts with knowing who he is and connecting with him as who he is, that he is effective and that he is good and faithful. And it's not about our effectiveness. So we don't have to do it in this like perfect way. That's like, here's exactly how I have to say it. And here's how I have to do it. And if I don't do it this way, then no, because it's about him. And so as we connect with him as who he is, and we see him for who he is, that is when our prayer time will become effective. It will become fervent. It will become enjoyable. A few weeks ago, when we went through the Galatians series, we talked about this verse, Romans 8, 15 that says, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit. When he adopted you as his own children, now we call him Abba Father. 
And so when we start our time with him, that we would just realize we're his. And we're his sons and we're his daughters. And so as we connect with him, that we would see that we're connecting with a father who loves us. And if you didn't have a father who loved you, you have a father. You have a heavenly father who loves you and just wants to spend time with you. The second thing is that we would seek his name, that we would run to his name. You see, Proverbs 18.10 says this, God's name is a place of protection. The righteous can run there and be safe. So the next thing that we do when we sit down to pray and we want to learn how to just do it and enjoy it and it not be something that's like, I have to do this, but that we would realize that after we've connected with him, that we could seek these names, these names of God that have all of these benefits for us, that today we would just say, God, you are my peace, and I just thank you. I thank you for the peace. God, today I know you're my healer, and I walk in healing today. God, I know that you are my banner of victory over the enemy, and I don't have to beg for it. I don't have to plead for it, because it is in in you. God is all of these things. There's some names of God that will resource with you with those this week. I'm not going to go through all those, but those are the things that we go to. He says, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So we would just seek the names of God. The third thing is that we would pray his agenda first. Ugh. Ugh, right? Ugh. Hard. This is hard. It's hard in our relationships, you know, is, we're like, it's me, 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 me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm totally about that. I'm so selfish. Um, but I think what Jesus is saying here is that you do, you're going to get to ask for your needs, okay? So that's coming. But if you would start first with seeking his agenda, you might be surprised at the joy that might hit you in the face. <laughs> at the just like, huh, wow, oh my gosh. I feel really light. It's just like he's saying, if you'll focus in on what he wants first, then there'll be some really cool things that come your way. This works in relationships too. I don't know if you know that, but if you're in a relationship with anyone, that if you seek their needs and their agenda before you seek your own needs and agenda, what happens? Is it bad, Billy, if you seek out Lydia's needs first? No, it's good, right? It's good. It can bring fruitfulness to a relationship. You know, Sam um, knows some things. Sam's my little boy. He's five years old, if you don't know that. He's our miracle. Uh, he knows some things that his mommy likes. One of those things is clean things. Um, like, and not messes that are everywhere. And um, so last week, I was sitting in the playroom with him, and I wasn't feeling very good. And um, he just, like, I looked over, and he's cleaning up. Just all on his own. I didn't ask him to. He just starts putting things away. And I didn't say anything at first. I didn't want to jinx it. And I'm just watching it. And he's like, look, Mommy, I'm cleaning up. Like, aren't you proud of me? And I just, like, if you don't know this, if you like something and someone else does it without you asking them for it, in that moment, I'm like, what do you need, baby? You want, you want a snack? You want me to get you a popsicle? You want a toy? How about a Lego? I'll get you a Lego. Just because in that moment, he was doing something that was seeking what I wanted instead of what he, he don't care. He'd like to have his playroom a mess. That's how he likes it because he can just get in there and all the toys are everywhere. But he was seeking my agenda first. You know, in Matthew 6, it says, seek first his kingdom 
and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. If we would just seek his agenda first. And so do you want to know what his agenda is? No? Okay. Oh, you want to know. Okay, cool. Um, His agenda is people that are far from him. And his agenda would be that we would pray and that when we would pray after we've sought his name and after we have just connected with him, that we would say, God, I know that that person that sits next to me in the cubicle, that they don't know you, God. And so I just pray today as I go to work that you give me an opportunity, give me an opportunity to just share the goodness of who you are. That you would give me an opportunity to share your love with those around me. That we would just seek his agenda. And then he says, okay, okay, go ahead. Let's pray for your needs now. And I think really what he's saying there is he says, give us our daily bread. That we would depend on him for everything. Because our daily bread, it's, it's, um, it's every moment. And it's our breathing in. I depend on you for that breath. And it's our breathing out. I depended on you for that. And as we walk into work and as we encounter people who are not nice, that we would just depend on him for that. That as we cook dinner for our son who won't eat it, and it's frustrating that we would depend on God in that moment that as we enter the carpool drive through line and it's annoying that we would depend on God in that moment that as we go to school and we encounter people and we're faced with things that are not of God that we would just depend on Him, that we would depend on Him for everything. Psalm 121, 1 through 2 says, I look up to the mountains, does my help come from there? And my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And so just as we live our lives and as we breathe and as we eat and as we drink and as we sleep and as we go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing that we would just depend on him for everything. And then he says, once you've done that, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I think what he would say here is that we would just keep our hearts right with God and with other people. I'm just telling you, if you want to have some joy and peace in your life, because I do, I I don't want to live a life that's like, I just don't. Life is hard, right? Life is extremely hard, and, and we are not promised to have easy things. So why would I want to do anything more to make my life any more... And so we would just ask him every day, God, I know today, (laughs) I know I'm going to be faced with some hard things. And so God, I ask in advance (laughs) that you forgive me for that. God, I ask you for forgiveness for the bad attitude I had at work yesterday when my boss told me to do something and I knew I should have, but I just didn't like it because he told me what to do. And forgive me for that. Forgive me for, <laughs> forgive me for the things that aren't of you, God. That as I live my life and I go through life, that you would just help me to be clean and pure and holy. And we don't do that just again to like make us cool. But if God really does sanctify us, and if He really does this that churchy word to just really like clean us and we ask God to forgive us of the things that 
are not of him, that as we make ourselves clean and whole and pure, that he would be then what flows through us. And so that as we encounter others, that they would just see him and not us. That when they bump into us, that it wouldn't be us that flows out, but it would be him that flows out. And then he says, you know, forgive uh, as we forgive our debtors. And really what he's saying there is, God, forgive us in as much as we forgive those around us. And so, God, just forgive me. I, I don't want to have that wound in my heart against that person anymore. I know they did me wrong. I don't know what they said it was terrible. And how they treated me was awful. But I don't want to live my life with that wound. I don't want to live my life with that bitterness. And so God, just help me as I, as I forgive that you would forgive me. Psalm or Romans 12, 21 says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And then he goes on and says, do not lead us into temptation. And I think really, if you were to look at a more accurate translation of that, it would be, do not allow us to be led into temptation. And so when temptation comes my way, give me the power to say no. And this is the thing that I think so many of us do not do. That we are good at some of these other things. But taking a stand against the enemy is something that we're a little fearful to do. But there's this thing that we are called to, and it is a warfare prayer. Ephesians 6, 10 through 11 and 18 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. What I think is really cool about this is there's different kinds of prayers, right? And so there's moments of, oh, Jesus, I'm just gonna rest in your presence today. And there's moments of, woo, Jesus, you're good. But there should be moments when we are in confrontation with the enemy. And when we take a stand and say, you will not have my family. In the name of Jesus, my husband will be protected. In the name of Jesus, this church will lift your name up. In the name of Jesus, I claim healing over my family. And we pray in the name of Jesus because there's meaning behind it. That when we pray in His name, it's like a victory chant. And we are standing in the same place that Jesus stood. We get to say in the name of Jesus, I have victory because Jesus went down and got the victory for us. And so you and I have the power to take a stand against the enemy for your family and for your life. Do you want that? Do you want to be able to stand up and when something comes your way, you can say, you cannot have my husband. You can't have his health in the name of Jesus. He will be whole. He will be healed. And I want that for you. And I think that how we do that again is by doing it. <laughs> so you need to practice it. This is what I wanna encourage you to do this week. I want you to practice and do it maybe in a spot this first time where nobody else is around. So like maybe go get in a quiet room or a closet or do it in your car or whatever. And I just want you to like get real bold. 
Has anybody in this room ever yelled before? No. Wow. It's a really meek and kind church. So I've done some yelling before. What I want you to do is get in a quiet place and practice yelling at the enemy. And as you do it, that you would do it in the name of Jesus because you have that power living inside of you and he wants that for you and he wants you to have time with him that is powerful. And the last thing is that you would end with faith in God's ability. You would just remind yourself that God has the ability to do it all. First John 5, 14 through 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. And so today, I want to do something a little different. Um, So yeah, my worship team, y'all go ahead and come back up here. Sorry about that. Um, I want us to just take a few minutes to really engage in some prayer together. So the worship team is going to sing it. I don't know if you guys can. Can you sing the um, the second one, the God, you're my healer, or that one, oh God, my God, that one, that new one? Um, and here's what I want you guys to do. Let's, can you guys go ahead and stand with me? If our prayer team is here today, if you guys can go ahead and come around front. And I just want to encourage you guys um, I'm going to let y'all take that. I was going to help you, but I'll let somebody else do that. If you would be so bold today, and I know this is like a little bit uncomfortable. We're not going to do this long, okay? I know it's already 11.14, so we won't spend a long time. But I would just love it if you're comfortable and if you would be so bold that you would just like try to get a little close down here. Um, that you would come in through here and that if you need prayer, you would seek out the prayer team. But if you just want to like come down and join with your family together in prayer, that as we sing and we sing about God's goodness and God's faithfulness and that He's a healer, that you would come down here and you would say, God, you're my healer. And so if you're sick in this room today, don't walk out of here without somebody praying for you to be healed, okay? Come down here and say, God, you're my healer. And if you're tired and you're weary and you need some peace, come down and say, God, you're my peace. And so I trade my anxiety and my worry and my stress with you today. And if you're not comfortable coming down, then I would just encourage you to do it in your seat and be bold. There's nothing special about coming down here. It's just something about getting close together. And so we're going to sing. And if you'll just join me with that, and then we'll uh, close after this.
thank you, God, for your presence. I thank you that today we can run to you. That no matter what we have, God, and no matter what we need, that it can be found in you. And God, you're our healer, and you're our provider, and you're our victory, and you're our peace, and you're our righteousness. And so God, I just speak that over this room today. I speak healing, I speak life. And God, I just ask that you would just continue to allow your will be done, God, and that we would grow in relationship with you. God, we just thank you. We thank you for your goodness and we thank you for your mercy and we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name. We're gonna stay in this moment. I'm just gonna let the band play for just a few more minutes. Becca's gonna close us out. But if you wanna stay in this moment, stay as long as you want to. Thank you, Becca. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.